All right, welcome back to Studio C, Peace Grenades World Headquarters here in Roseau, Minnesota. It's Kevin Broughton here, Levi Novacek. It's January 11th. We're going to get this done on a Monday night. Maybe we can get it edited on a Tuesday and get it out there to the world a little sooner. We're going to get back to schedule here, or maybe. <laughs> they, say, they say one of the top, uh, the top, what, what do you call it, um common things with uh with with successful podcasts or any any broadcast is a is a set schedule oh i was gonna say that they don't get, keep a set, set schedule no 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 they no. just fly by the seat of their pants no they say that uh even with radio shows and stuff you have to keep them on a, on a set because people kind of get in their routine and they kind of want to want to hear hear their stuff um on a regular basis i guess yeah um I was, <clears throat> I'm lucky I got, I, Cash was at hockey practice when you texted me. Yeah. So I had to leave, he gets to ride home with one of his buddies. <laughs> and, so, and that's a big that thing. Is, that is a big deal. When you're that age. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're playing hockey together and then they get to ride home. Then they'll get to hang out for just a little bit nice. after hockey practice, you know. Nice. Yeah. So he he's. Like a half hour and then it's time for Jimmy to go home. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he gets to ride home with another buddy of his. I remember that. Even in high school as I got older and. You can hang out with girls, and then all of a sudden hear parents yell, time to go home. Oh, shoot. All yeah. right. I really like her. Well, the movie's <laughs> not done. The movie's not done. Yeah. It's time to go home. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but what do you got going on today, Levi? You got anything you want to talk about? Uh, on, I, was uh, up, I was up doing some uh, just checking on the Backwoods uh, Services boys up there. They got a little project going on on the river up there. They're... They're plucking away on that today. They were doing so really good. So that's your brother. He's got, uh, he'll do pretty much anything Yeah, I mean, for any, anybody. anything Arbor related, I guess you say. Arbor? arbor? Um, he'll do, he'll go in and uh, take a tree out of a yard or oh, yeah, clean yeah, up yeah. brush. Arborist, um, like, yeah, I got yeah, he, you. He does a lot of brush removal and, uh, and stuff like that. We've, we've. Stump grinding. Stump and grinding and, uh, yeah, he's. Clearing of land for farmers. Yeah, I was up checking on those guys and I had a little farm, farm business stuff to do today and. So now what? He took, or went and got. One of those bids for clearing uh, trees off the river. Yeah, yep. They get a. <clears throat> I think the the watershed up here gets a. They, you know, they every year they have to, you know, clear. I don't know if debris. Uh, well, debris because you know, I don't know if it's a common thing in the. I suppose any river. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah any have river. Debris that, but we have ice as well, and the logs and the debris and everything needs to be cleaned up occasionally. And I think it's uh, it's a good thing to to do. Um, well, you're able to get out in the winter. Get on the ice and yeah, clean up actually, the trees that come springtime would get sucked down and jammed up in bridges. In and, bridges and stuff is the big thing, you yeah. know. I think they're just trying to save on the bridges. They cut them into three to four foot pieces and then they, they flow through the, <clears throat> they flow down into the, you know, eventually the Rosa River goes into what, Lake Winnipeg? Lake Winnipeg? Yeah, I think so. Huge lake up there. That's a big lake. You ever look on the map? No. I mean, yeah, Dude, yeah. I've seen is, it. Yeah, it's, it's big. Yeah. That lake is huge. Yeah. I've never, I mean, it, I've never been there. I've seen it on the map, but yeah, that's like we mentioned on the last episode. You know, it's part of the remnants of Glacial Lake Agassiz. Oh my god, that lake is big. lake that covered all of northern did, Minnesota and did you know part of North Dakota? Did you know on Lake Lake Winnipeg they don't allow um, they don't allow people to plow roads on the ice in the winter? They Why? don't. I Why believe. Is that? I think. I think they don't because it keeps. Um, it's part of their. Uh, 
what do you call it? Their management. Keep the lake clean or, no. or just less access? It, it, well, it kind of. It kind of keeps it more off. You want to fish, we're not stopping you from fishing. You can put your snowshoes on and go out there and drag your fish house. You can take a snowmobile. You can take a bombardier. You can take a track Fucking machine. Helicopter. Helicopter, whatever. Snow plane <laughs> or what do you call it? Uh, plane with skis on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever, you know, a snow plane or whatever. But um, they don't let people build roads out there, and I think it's a way to um, just manage the, the fish herd you know the fish herd <laughs> fish numbers yeah we were talking about that a little bit because I, I went fishing up uh, on lake of the woods over new year's and i think i caught one <laughs> fish like six inches and not a good day but you have good days and bad days and then you were saying you've heard reports right that they possibly i think there's i think there's always people that have these ideas that they might do this next year or they might stop the fish limit at two instead of four or instead of eight but you told me they were thinking of that possibly on Lake of the Woods also, not plowing roads anymore. Yeah, and it it, it could, it, it's such a touchy thing with fishermen. Oh, yeah. It really is. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, when it, and then you get into civil liberties. Well, are you stopping us from going on the lake and fishing? Well, number one is there ain't a swinging, you know what, out on Lake of the Woods that's, that's fishing for, for just food. No. That, those days are gone. Nobody's okay? fishing for food. They're fishing I mean, you for pull, recreation. You now. pull up with I mean, your $80,000 ice castle and your $75,000 truck and your, uh, you know, your, um, what do you call it, your, your side-by-side, you got 30 grand into that. Well, if you, you know did what? your wall, pounds of walleye per, you know, your pounds dollar. per dollar or whatever you want to call it, dollars yeah. per pound, you're looking at probably, you know, a couple thousand dollars a pound. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not making fun of nobody. No, we say it during deer season too. Like, man, these deer are getting more expensive when you do food plots and you mow the trails and you build the stands and all of a sudden the meat isn't so cheap. But yeah, I mean, the fish houses in the last 10, 15 years have went from ones you can pull out with your snowmobile or possibly a pickup to a couple spots because your snowmobile or your fish house was on skis to yeah all the wheeled houses now that are literally campers well and, and i, got I mean nothing there's a city of them on the ice no don't get me wrong if, if anybody's listening here that fishes out of an i've owned an ice castle and i, I i've done it myself it's what but, i fish out of most of the time if, you know my dad owns one but and like we use it, it but like anything um too much of was it too much of uh, anything is not a good thing too much of a good too much thing. of anything is is not a good thing um, okay if you if you overpopulate a lake with fishermen that's that are fishing 24 hours a day you know when they bring their ice castles and not just ice castles but just sleeper houses or whatever yeah ice castle is a brand but yeah people know what you mean when you say ice castle but whatever i you know everybody's got their theory on on that lake up there and um i just think that there's something's gonna come to an end here something's gonna change whether we like it or not and i'm not for either i i honestly i care I care about the fish habitat, but, um, you know. I'll tell you my theory on an ice castle is, I, I, you know, like I said, I'll grab my dad's. It sits right by the lake up there, at their cabin, and I'll go out there. But I'm going out there for an experience. I'll take, I've taken my wife. It's a camping and, experience. Yeah, or I've taken, you know, went with a buddy, and you bring the dog, and you stay overnight. That's a good Saturday point. night, and you get to, I mean, you go to bed early. You can wake up at 1 a.m., out on the lake and it's crystal clear and take it, a piss oh man take a leak and it's and it's really neat to look up and see how clear the sky can be and but then also at the same time you you tip your head down and you look across the lake and there's like four thousand light 
bulbs on out there and I it's know. like holy shit there's I'm a not, lot of people out here tonight fishing still i'm not for or against it just so, so everybody knows i there's yeah. good and there's bad and and i'm gonna say when i had an ice castle i went through a phase where like this is back when i was drinking i'd use it you know and i'd like go out there and get all set up and bring food and shit you know and whatever and and then you li- like uh you know fish all day and by like six o'clock you're pretty much hammered yeah <laughs> you know and then and then you forget all your lines in the water and then like and you don't want to clean the fish yeah like at midnight you're like lines are tangled up with a couple uh fucking northerns and bourbon Burbit and everything else and yeah. you know and then you get up in the morning it's just a rat's nest but i kind of grew out of that to where i would just <laughs> you know maybe the next year or whatever i was like i'm not doing that shit again so like you put your whole covers on and you pull all your lines up and you just you're at that point you're just sleeping overnight on the lake yeah yes you know um so yeah not very many people these these days are actually going for the meat for the fish nobody needs to eat you can go to mcdonald's what is it called the fish filet of fish you can get the filet of fish for like 269 probably (laughs) i don't know what it goes for i've never i've never bought a filet of fish the thing is i I like eating while i love eating while my father-in-law you know he know he can cook while i like none other, you know. I love eating it. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I do too. I do too. But yeah, it gets expensive, and yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, the DNR Department of Natural Resources, Natural Resources, uh, makes the regulations here in Minnesota, and yeah, we'll deal with it if they do. I'm not opposed to more restrictions. I think on Red I'm Lake, not either. on Red Lake in Minnesota, it's northern Minnesota. Also, they they had some pretty strict restrictions for. Many years. Yeah, a handful of years it got outfished, and I, I think they've eased them back now, but I see my younger cousin catching mass amounts of walleyes down there and his limit all the time. Every time he, every every three times a week, he sends a picture of his whole limit laid on the ice. You know, it's just like, man. One, about, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago, I had a buddy of mine from Bemidji. He called me and said, hey, I was working in Bemidji. He said, hey, you want to you wanna go fishing? He's from... He's, he, that's how we talked. Hey, you want to go fishing up on Red Lake? I said, um, <laughs> not really. You know, it was like the spring of the year when the when the rivers were high. He goes, yep. you won't regret it. I said, okay, well, I'll go. I said, I don't got a fishing pole or nothing. You know? yep. He said, I got everything. So it was me and his kid and another guy. We went up there, right? brought a bunch of beers and stuff with, and we drove up there. And, and uh, <clears throat> where that Tamarack River flows into the Red Lake River, there's a pretty good current coming out of there. He said, now we got to walk down in the rocks. We had hip or chest waders on. I'm like, God, I ain't never fished for walleyes like this. You know? <laughs> and we had these buckets full of, uh, no, we had just regular, I think we were pulling shad wraps or some type of, no, they were those fake worm things. Okay. Like okay. a rubber worm. Yeah, yeah. Rubber worms or whatever. And we were casting them. He goes, now don't, don't cross that line. You know, don't cross essentially where the signs start into the river. Well, I didn't know it, but we weren't supposed to be fishing in the river because the dnr had restricted access it was during spawning it was oh, like yeah. dude it was like cheating i was gonna say that it yeah, was you were going I during almost, spawning yeah, i felt bad about it because the fish were all skinny and yeah you know was, it, and every single one of them were 18 inches <laughs> <laughs> every single cast i caught them they were literally like just solid fish going up that river it was fun don't get me wrong but to this day i still feel like a little bit bad well kind of it's like it was like cheating it was cheating there was boats that were trying to use their like their eye anchors to like anchor up where we were standing in mm-hmm. the water up to our you know waists or whatever yeah and they couldn't hold in there and we were just casting in there and just demolishing them i mean we filled out in probably a half hour 
you know? Yeah, I and, think uh, that's why they got the regulations. Yeah, dude. I mean, seriously, <laughs> the DNR is like, well, we didn't account for that. You know, didn't these account freak- for that little coolie on the <laughs> exactly. side of the river right yeah, there. Those, yeah, I mean, the next Shoot. year they probably moved the signs out. <laughs> they moved them back a little ways. Yeah. So anyways, anyways. <laughs> so what do we got? What do we got uh, pulled uh, up on the screen, on the big screen? Here? I don't This is uh, NASA. I was looking up some different things today. You know, listening to podcasts at work again while I'm printing shirts. And I had a, I had a couple interesting things. I had, first, first I want to talk about up at, before this global warming, I, I want to talk about up at Zippo Bay again and, and people's attitudes. And and uh, one, of, one of the podcasts I was listening to, it's called The Hidden Brain, and it talks about people's tendencies and why they do it. And uh, one th- interesting thing they got chatting about was, you know, how everybody thinks that they're right and that they came to those conclusions in a logical way. You know, like... <laughs> You think that you're correct in your opinions, and when someone said, you know, they say, "Well, how did you, how did you come to that conclusion?" You say, "Well, it's just the only logical conclusion." You know, how, how why don't you understand that? This is literally the only, and people get mad because they're like, "It's the only logical conclusion." But how but do you, you form don't your know, logic? Yeah, how do you form your logic? And so, like, how, and you can go many, many layers into your own. Why do I think this? And what? You could go all the way back to when you were an infant. Yeah, you can go back. So it goes back to there's potentially not, you don't have a an original thought, you know? So people think they have original thoughts all the time, but no, you don't have original thoughts. Your thoughts are made up of what you've learned over the years. It's, You'd have to go, you have to be really deep in um, meditation to come up with original thoughts. I mean, for hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. And, and there's going to be people that have done that too. And, you know, it might be original to you, but... So it was just it was just kind of funny uh, to think about that different people's perspectives because we get in these conversations and these arguments and it, and anybody thinks or everybody thinks that they are generally justified and right and and sometimes you can get somebody to you know swing your way or you you change your mind and you know they show you something that you didn't realize before but mostly you think that you have the answers and they're pretty logical and i I think that's i think the truth that's the way it is i think the true answer is the ability to try to understand somebody else's logic yeah to stand in their shoes so i i was just uh you know speaking of being up at lake of the woods over new year's and i remember getting in a conversation we'll say with family while playing you know board games and whatever and it Ended up, I think, a question about Native Americans, and you know, somebody said, "Oh, you know, if they didn't get the free checks and blah blah blah." And I, I'd, I'd heard that my whole life, and you know, natives get free checks or this time of the month. And so, for the first time ever, I was just like, I, I looked it up and and just asked them, you know, why do you think that they get free checks and why do you do this? And anyway, we got into a conversation, and it ended up getting a little heated and. And my brother-in-law said something, and I was, and I answered just, you know, it's the only logical, like, am I the only one here that is logical about this? And he, he was, he was good about it, and he didn't, he didn't fire back. He just kind of said, all right, kind of rolled his eyes, and, but in my mind, I was just totally in the right, and I understood. <laughs> I understood more than them about that scenario in that instance. <laughs> I and see what I, you're saying. You know what, what I mean? Saying, Why don't you guys understand what I'm, what's, 
in my head so what you're right, saying now. right now is you're actually being a little self-critical even oh yeah yeah I, I i got myself in a mess there i'm like you know <laughs> it wasn't even anything to do with the argument either was it it was, it was more you trying to understand it was my why younger they didn't sister-in-law you. my younger sister-in-law was was kind of she's 21 years old and she kind of went into a rant and rave about columbus and columbus day and how columbus shouldn't be celebrated and he's he, oh, really? Yeah, he didn't find you America. Were, you guys really got into that oh, at dude, a family and, gathering? Well, well, she started on that, oh, and she crazy. started saying, you know, how he persecuted the Native Americans and this and that. And, and I could see myself 10 years ago in her, you know, doing the same thing to my family. Like, as life and shit was getting revealed to me, thinking that I was the I first one, that I was the first one to ever, ever understand that and I, and I'm telling you guys about it, and you don't even care. And I was just like, you know, I, could I see, see what you're saying, dude. I could see myself in her, you know, years ago, and my family rolling their eyes, saying, "Yeah, you know, it's a conspiracy theory." And this, you know, what's it going to change? Is what I brought. You're probably thinking, you know, I've been down this. Road. I've been down this road. I've been spitting conspiracy theories at my family for years, and <laughs> and yeah, not until you're on the other side, and you're like, I don't fucking care. You know, you know, even if you get to an answer, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter and it anymore. Doesn't, and, and all the arguing with our family tonight at New Year's or our Christmas isn't going to do anything for it except maybe make somebody feel better that they changed somebody else's mind. And that why, why, why should that make you feel better anyway? I, I don't think anybody's going to change their mind through, through um, conversational debate, though. Honestly, I think what it takes is this little bit of self-honesty, right? Yeah. So what it takes is for you to have a conversation like, say you and I disagree on something. I might go back and review um, and actually l read into, uh, um, n you know, Native Americans, for example. You know, yeah. um, you got to, it's like, I, I, that's such a really tough subject. Oh, yeah. There's a million different things, you know, did we, so yeah, my. Uh, you know, my father-in-law was saying, you know, you don't own anything until you've bought it. Speaking of the natives that were here before European settlers came. And I thought, well, the European settlers didn't buy it. You know, they just claimed it. So how far back do you go? You know, so now nowadays you get into it like we were talking about in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And you were saying, you know, yeah, these people have been here for a long time. They've made their... They've, they've survived in this area for a long time. They might not own the land, but you shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, should you or shouldn't it, but you? they were part of it. Yeah, and they took care of it and lived there sustainably. So now they're mad if, see, that, if people are coming and going to be unsustainable where they have been see, su sustainable for thousands of years. So who do you, I mean, who, who should own it, the people that are going to abuse it? Or should you leave ownership with the people that have taken care of it forever? Okay, so. You know? I, I totally disagree or, with. Um, I mean, I, I disagree with whoever said that yeah. you don't own something till you till you've bought it. Yeah. So I, I I don't I believe that ownership is temporary. Oh yeah, nobody okay. owns anything really. Ownership. You know? So ownership is is a ownership is an illusion, right? Yeah. Now, yes, we have we all have bills to pay, and you know we got to pay the electric bill, and I've got bills to pay on the farm. I mean, I understand that. I get business. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But when you possess something in the grand scheme of life, in all the thousands of years of humanity, 
ownership is is just an illusion or it's a virtue. Yeah. It really is. And you yeah, probably to hold think on not... to something for just a little bit and you think it's yours, but it's going to disappear but and I'll you're going to disappear. And... But you, but what people need to understand and what I, since I quit drinking and I have a lot of time to think about my thoughts. <laughs> think about my thoughts the most, if that's something well, the you most, can do. The most yeah. valuable things you can own is your personal experiences with each other, right? Yeah. I mean, I come down to that uh, almost all the time that life, life isn't about money and it's not about the things you have. I mean, given... Yeah, if you have some things, you can have some cool experiences, even with friends and and no money. Yeah, or no. Uh, and it's fun. To, and it's have... fun to be in an expensive boat, but it's also fun to just sit around a campfire and, and reminisce with your buddies and have that those times. And sometimes those can mean so much more to you because they're building relationships and and bonds and camaraderie and uh, well, because they're filling the... your soul up more than buying a buying a yacht. Well, because in the end, when you're 80 or 90 years old and you're dying of COVID or whatever you're dying of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you're 80 or 90 years old, I've got a couple of friends right now that are, that are sick with, you know, certain, you know, problems and stuff like that. And, you know, I guarantee you that when you're that old and you're going through that in your head, you got a lot of things going through your head, you know, and, you know, owning a um, brand new pickup or, you know, owning your house or whatever, it's all becomes probably pretty irrelevant. You know, yeah, none of it's going to matter I'm anymore. Not say, you you know, give like, it all up for for one more moment. That's right. probably lots of country with your songs, daughter, hey? With your daughter or with your son or with your wife. Or with your you favorite know. dog. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, or just with a cold bush light, you know. Cold bush light <laughs> and your favorite dog. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, but uh, not to get down, you know, I'm not trying to get, uh, you know, down on the, you know, but I, I you know, I think I, I'm not saying that. You know, people say, you don't, you got to, you know, I'm paying cash for this and cash for that. And it's just, there's all, it's just like this obsession with, with owning things. And it's like, I don't, they're I don't things. They're just things. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you need to do is figure out what you really love, you know, and, you know, hopefully it's try your family. To, yeah. Try to, try, try to dive into that as deep as you can. Yeah. And, and just try to push the emotion of money aside and work on what you really love, which is what I try to do with, with agriculture and farming and, and the the pipeline work that I'm involved in and and uh, you know try yeah, to make but it, but but in our modern in our modern world you have to you have to manage money you, you have to pay the piper and you got you have to pay as soon as you're born into this country you gotta you get a number and that's it that's it you start paying or somebody starts paying for you and until you die you pay but you try to keep from getting wrapped around the axle of, of the slavery of um you know, and I and being a pipeline guy that was making pretty decent, you know, money, you get you kind of, honestly, money kind of becomes your lord when, when you're when you're on the pipeline when you're out there working, you know, because yeah. But after all those years of pipelining, you know, or whatever you did on the road, you, I mean, did you save more or did you spend uh, I more? Didn't, I I I didn't save a whole lot. Maybe you're able to yeah, just live more in those you, few so years. I, I think buy some nicer things, but looking back, you. You start to realize that what you did was you almost felt sorry for yourself because you were away from everything you loved. Mm -hmm. The only, only thing you really loved was your job, and which I do love working on yeah, in so that trade. At some point, you yeah, it, you start it to doesn't feel sorry. weigh as strong. It, it, the money doesn't pull as hard as no, and the you start family. to feel sorry for yourself. So you'll start to buy things and start spending money to try to you know bring up your your <laughs> yeah, your anything just to keep your mind yeah. off off how boring and how depressed you ah, get about down the that job. Road. So you get a bigger truck. 
bigger and you truck. You tell everybody about it, and that lasts for a yep. couple months. Yep. And, you and then you gotta go get a new gold plated AR fifteen. <laughs> you know. God, you hit the nail right on the head with Just that one, dude. Fucking, I don't know how many Snapchats I get every month of the gold-plated AR. And the, you know, the, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know, got the machined-out barrel. Yeah, steel this. rain. Cost me three grand to get this thing fucking tuned up, but it's worth every fucking uh, penny. Every three rounds of fucker gems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe anyway. maybe we've come to that realization. I hope lots of people do that. You know, it's about relationships. Yeah, you got it. You can't neglect the money. I, I tried to do that for lots of years of my life, and yeah. and think that you can just be a hippie and just go on love and and being a great person and and you should be taken care of. I think and, it takes and, a combination of. But everything. yeah, that would uh, that. I mean, that road would have ended me up homeless, and I was willing to do that. I guess I thought that was a cool path at the moment, but. I think what you, what a guy needs to do is find the perfect uh, harmony of, or, you know, balance of yeah. finance, be, being financially, you know, fiscally responsible, um, but also, you know, trying to find the things that you really are passionate about. And, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about being in the pipe trades or being a weld or anything like that. No, like, I am. Not at all. I love firing up my weld machine and going welding and stuff. And No, and, you just uh, didn't like life on the road once you had a family. It, that's probably the reason. You know. I'm guessing that's that what naturally in, yeah. drew me. Back. back to where I'm at right now and you know uh it's a but, great job you make yeah. a ton of money and, and the you, benefits and everything you if know you I mean, think of it that way they compensate you well for being out there but then you gotta think of it you know uh like I did with concrete I'd start getting mad about myself and mad at myself a little bit because the old hippie in me would say concrete is ruining the world you know <laughs> for every slab we pour i could have planted 20 trees on top of it you know, type of thing you know and but then i would try to spin it back around and say concrete's all natural it's rocks and sand even and though water it burns the shit out of my hand yeah calcium <laughs> i think that's the lime in it but that's still limestone lime's natural ain't it yeah yeah, man. yeah lime scale limestone so yeah that's a, what makes it react but that so, shit burn up I'm rubber like, boots ah, shoot no it doesn't burn up rubber boots that's why Oh, you wear them in it, you know. Oh. Eats your skin off, but rubber, it really? rubber's good. Yeah, always wear your rubber. God. Levi, you know the belt of rubbers. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. About yeah, so that. you know. Um, but so yeah, then you got yeah. It's a great trade. Yeah, this conversation, you know, we're kind of keeping it real on this one here. Yeah, but it's a great trade. But then, do you think about what you're doing when your job? Like, I, I used to think about that when I was younger a lot more. What is this job doing for humanity? Is it just paying me? To be a person or is it doing anything that's benefiting more people in the world am i causing am i causing more problems in the world or am i am i helping through what i'm doing type of thing and i i could never really i could never really justify concrete even though i love doing it i'm gonna keep probably doing it a little bit i like to do the decorative stuff and whatever i, I just kind of mastered it so then i took a little pride in it but also, yeah, I don't love that industry. There's, you know, like it, that's a tough business. Not only is it hard work, it's hard work. Yeah, I mean, it's hard work, and um, it's uh, it's just a, it's just it's expensive. You know, freaking concrete spendy, man. You think you know, you know, if you didn't know anything about it, and you were like, oh, it's just rocks and fucking mud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. Yeah, it's got to get shipped. You got to crush rocks you gotta well, then find I poured them, a slab of my own for that shop out there and it's like holy shit man you, you worked know, on it well no i didn't work on it ben, you know, <laughs> no. benji did oh yeah, yeah 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 nice yeah he did it but anyways um 
you know, I, I just look at the amount of logistics involved in just pouring that slab, you know. The shit had to get shit from either Duluth or Fargo and into, the, the what is it called, the, the fucking lime or whatever, the calcium. Oh, yeah, The powder, yeah. you know. The powder. Yeah, whatever, you know. So, anyway, it's. Portland. Yeah. I And needless to say, when it comes to anything like that, and I will say this, too. We've talked about it before. You know, a lot of guys, they'll build a shop like what I'm doing, and they'll be like, I'm going to pour the concrete myself, and I'm going to frame it myself, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put the... And like I said, no. like we've talked before, I just let the trades handle their business. Yeah, let them do it. If they got questions, you deal your thing with your things. Even though you aren't farming right now, you got a r- real job. Uh, you can. I actually go gotta go. I gotta go to town tomorrow. Make money, and let those guys make their money and do what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's they're a fair faster game. and better at it. And of course, you could learn how to frame it up, and you could. Do everything with the concrete. Dude, it'd still be I'm framing it. not putting it past you, but yeah, you would still be framing it. You know, <laughs> they got the roofs on and the lights on and It'd everything look like else. Bob the Builder. Yeah, over there, and you'd man. be you'd be struggling still, but you might prove it to yourself that you can do it. It might take you three times as long, but so no, that you know, just with oh man. So then I got thinking about different in- industries, and now looking into. You know, why people think what they think, why everybody thinks they're right. And I was wondering why people think that global warming is a hoax. I don't think it's a hoax. Like, uh, or that it's something that shouldn't be taken seriously right right now, you know? So I just, some people are adamant about global warming is happening. We are at the last, we are beyond the last minute before we can save it even if we started recycling everything but we can still stop it from progressing faster so yeah i don't know i tried to look up some facts and you know see what people don't believe and i found nasa's website so yeah i looked at their climate stuff i don't know who's more credible than nasa maybe i guess that could be a whole nother argument that they aren't credible I, I and don't, their numbers aren't right so i don't there's things i agree with um the reason why they call it a hoax is because it became politicized yeah but that's i mean people politicize anything it doesn't mean it is that it's not true and, it, and well i think, I think it should have uh, well, been politicized number, okay. because so i'm gonna back up or, or somehow it should have been pumped out so, to the people so, more so we're not a one world government number one okay so with that being said um there's we, we have certain rights living in this country and we can't tax ourselves into into bankruptcy or into a third world country yeah, we can if, if no, that's if that's what needs to be done. We're not going to, you know what I we, mean? No, we can't because that's not sustainable. So we're going to be right back where we started because when you're talking a third world country, we don't have the resources to be innovative yeah. to, to to come up with the technologies to counter this. What I'm saying is, what's the sense in the United States? We've been leading the charge on environmental regulation, but that doesn't necessarily say hardly anything. You know, I mean leading the charge could be very very minimal still maybe the other countries are not pushing for it very we, hard we, either i don't i don't know their politics and we've been dumping money into into global climate change for probably 20 years now since al gore came out with his well, video been, to fearmonger been, everybody we, yeah al gore pushed for it hard and then he sold out his company to like for did he mi- really yeah yeah he's he dude he sold out to like a fucking logging company you know for real. Is he even alive anymore, old Al Gore? I, somebody should have taken care of him after that. 
Yeah, he, he was one hundred percent politician. We're dude, not he even pumped that. that. He pumped it. Yeah, I mean, he pumped it, and then he got paid by it in the end because he. I think he had a like, not like a company that worked on changing global global warming, but more of like maybe a uh, production company, you know, for making his documentaries and yeah, things Al like Jazeera, that. Yeah, Jazeera, right? So. Yeah, maybe. Didn't he own Al Jazeera? They're a news company from the Middle East, yeah. which is weird that he owned that, but which makes you wonder a little bit. I don't, no, I don't know, but yeah, it was a little skewed. But he was say, he said, you know, yeah, I, I sold out, but it doesn't mean that the, literally he'll say that, but it doesn't mean that what I was saying isn't true. Like, I made a bunch of money off it, but I'm still telling you this is true stuff. So, I mean, I'm just the first thing if you go on, you know, NASA's, website is this picture it pops up it shows you a graph from climate change and it says how do Hold we on. yeah how, how do we know how do we know and so it shows you the carbon emissions so um, can they go to the can you scroll down a little bit and see where they um how they collected that data that's that's one thing i always look for um oh yeah like for the chart how, where did this chart come from? And did they they must have pulled it out of the polar ice caps yeah <laughs> right? this chart no, <laughs> you mean it doesn't tell you where they get this out the um, polar ice cap? No, 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 dude. The data from it. Oh, oh, where? Yeah, uh, I would say cores, like, like core, see. core ice samples, right? Uh, yeah, I mean they can check. I, I mean, I'd have to say carbon date, like samples. Let's see. I was reading it earlier, and it says all the different shit from. So, uh, so, ice. so my question, my question is what's so oh they say that the evidence can be found in tree rings ocean sediment coral reefs and the layers of sedimentary sedimentary rocks so yeah i mean from all, all over the place throughout the whole world i'd imagine they've taken samples of this and this and and so, so i guess i guess so here here's so it's not I don't know why it would be hard to believe because well, the industrial not, revolution was so recent. It's not so hard to believe, but here's... You know what I mean? Here's... I guess it, we want to put it in perspective, okay? So there's nobody on this... We don't have data from the future, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> not, that I know, not that I know of yet. So Nobody's so, so told me. Is there like a rule book or something for the planet Earth that says that the Earth isn't supposed to do this? Well, I think that they could just watch like you know, probably through carbon dating and rocks and all sorts of different sciences that people spend their whole lives working on yes. one area, right? The, the reason why I question things like this is you say scientists. I'm not questioning the data or the scientists, but I've been on jobs just as a welder, and I'm sure you have as a concrete you know, expert or whatever, <laughs> that... The engineer will come out and say, it has to work this way because the data and all the numbers tell me it's got to be this way. And you're looking at him going, the fucker ain't going to work. Yeah. I mean, in some scenarios, yeah, the data doesn't line up. But if you got so many people over so many, so much amount of time, so what do you do all, about all confirming different data from all over different sources, uh, you what know, you they do? can say before humans you know we don't know of humans and and combustion engines until this date and when all the fossils we've found for for our known human history all the fossils we've found none of the ancient humans or humanoids or whatever uh had 
engines or combustion engines either or you know cut trees down at the scale that we do now maybe they did burn wood but probably um, collected dead wood okay so and so now you i, I don't know how they get to you know a hundred thousand years ago so i don't how do know they exactly want, how carbon dating goes but they can just show you how much carbon how was can we in our atmosphere this? i don't think you can re i mean maybe we need to figure out how to reverse it and control it we need to be able to control it like you control your thermostat in your house you know what I mean? And it might not be through more energy efficient industries. It might just be through stopping. It might be through stopping cutting trees and going straight to hemp and using, you know, quit logging trees. Also, farming is a big one. I never knew that. Like my whole, I always Growing thought, crops, you mean? Just breaking the soil releases carbon. But also like, growing crops on it captures carbon. Yeah, but to break the soil... I think releases carbon that's in there, get, you know, decomposing material and stuff. So as you break it, it's just going. Poof. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah it's, called I mean, carb- it's called carbon exchange. And then, uh, yeah, if you do don't you, have carbon exchange in soil, it won't be productive and it won't grow anything. Yeah. So if it's like, it would be like solid, you know, yeah. you need to have a little air and little particles and it's a living thing. And so, yeah, I mean, do your crops, do they take out as much carbon as tilling the field in the first place? I don't know how to, you would ever figure out those numbers, but... I, I you know, I should do I mean, a little research the, on this. I, 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 I Even if f- I'm, even if I want to stop global warming, I mean, like, I still use, pl- you know, I burn f- bonfires in my yard, and that releases carbon, I and I do, yeah, fires are big for it. Fires... Not, not a campfire in your backyard, for God's sakes, dude. No, but, I mean... Uh, forest fires and agriculture, I think, is pretty much the biggest contributor to carbon emissions now. Agriculture and vehicles, but and and, they, and yeah, you can just see how it turns up. And I'm sure there's lobbyists from all sorts of sides that argue for either or. But I, I think that I, just, I, I think agricultural agriculture is a general rule of thumb would be what do they call it? Um. How, what do they call it now? Is it carbon neutral? Yeah, but I, I don't think, think it's carbon, carbon neutral. neutral. I don't think so at all. I think you could produce so much more than your plants are sucking out. Uh, I mean, it's something we can look into, but I think agriculture is one of the most biggest ones. I think being carbon neutral is like, it's a goal you hear companies talk about now, and they want to be, Amazon wants to be carbon neutral by 2030. And Well, they better they, start calling some hemp vendors. Yeah, they don't know how to do it. As they'll say, like, even on the commercial that's on uh, cable TV, they just say, we don't know how to do it, but we are committed to trying to figure out how to tackle this problem, you know? And, and like I said, it might not be more windmills next year and more money pumped into that industry, but it just, I think it would just take acknowledgement of this is actually happening and you know hey well everybody needs to just do a little bit here's something i did research instead of a few people do a lot when it comes to energy you know when we're looking at this chart and everything else there's something i did research the other night when i was you know laying awake not able to sleep or whatever i was doing (laughs) so i you know i've always wondered you know where plutonium comes from you know and, and they actually mine it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a mineral and you can mine it in a, in a, it's, it's in a pretty, uh, what do they use plutonium for it? They, well, they, they use, um, there's another mineral. They actually, it's, I think it's called fission or something. And then they, it makes uh like a nuclear reaction, you know, or whatever. Mm. And, and anyways, and so 
anyway, I got into researching like nuclear energy. You know, nuclear energy. I hate to say it because it, it it's it's it does create waste, but in a different way. You know, you have the nuclear uh, or the. Uh, I don't know hardly. I don't know nuclear nothing. energy. All I know dude, is about Chernobyl dude, and it nuclear, leaked. Nuclear and energy that's is trouble. It is literally the cleanest, most efficient form yeah. of energy you could Just ever have. Just the scariest if if shit goes <laughs> yeah, wrong. It is, and then if it gets that, in the wrong hand. But you know what? That's probably the. Pr- you know what? That's something we should be willing to. You know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't say plutonium. It's uranium. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I, it's uranium. Like... <laughs> I, um, uranium mines. Yeah, yeah, it's uranium. South America. Um, <laughs> and that's where they, you know, I think they actually use plutonium too to. In I somewhere. don't even know what but that what is. It that is, makes is me they, think of that cartoon dog very, from the Jetsons. It's actually a fairly simple, um, you know, fairly simple. I can explain it to you right now how, how it works. Because they have these huge rods that are that are uranium rods. Okay, yeah. And they're probably, I don't know how big around they are. I would guess probably six inches around, and they're kind of hexagonal shaped. You're saying at a nuclear... At a nuclear reactor plant reactor that makes plant. power, right? Okay. And then what they do is they, um, somehow they activate these nuclear, these uranium rods, and they're in these big rod rack. It almost looks like drill stems for like an H, like a hydraulic drilling machine. Yeah. And it's just this huge thing. I mean, from what I see on the YouTube videos... I mean, they're probably ten feet across, and they got a huge overhead crane, and it drops drops the rods down in. Yeah. And it, they're probably they can be up to fifty feet long. Oh and, damn! And then what it is is they heat um, heat water to like hundreds it's of like degrees. Like your water heater. Yeah, and then what did they do is they they take the steam power off of that, and that's how they generate electricity. Oh no! They shit. use the steam power to turn nuclear turbo- power turbines. plant. It's so simple. It's making it off. It's so simple. The chemical reaction of the metal in the water. It heats making the water. Steam. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's how a nuclear power plant, it, it, well, I'm not saying, I mean, there's but much if it, more yeah, that goes yeah. into it. But, but if one of them fucking rods. Right, gets in the wrong hands or whatever, <laughs> you know, then, you know, th- they call it enriching uranium enrichment. So, yeah, um, this is a deep question because this needs, you know, I mean, you literally need the world to get on board yeah there's not a lot of emissions but there needs that. to be a leader and there needs to be yeah it, I, maybe it would take you know uh, damn near one world government for this to end up being okay or oh, i, I it, mean not net tribalism exists so bad right now that yeah, i just don't see it we're still too either. we're still too simple of apes to yeah tribalism to is understand it's too strong right now and and I'm guilty of it myself, you know. I mean, I'd say me calling myself a conservative, I belong to the, the conservative tribe, you yeah. know. I mean, and it's just it's just human nature that tribalism exists because we need to. F- it's that whole you belong to this army and I belong to that. I mean, army, the global you know? warming is just like my my story from New Year's and just being like, you know, some people see these facts or the charts and it just blows their mind and they just can't understand how. Everybody doesn't care about it, and everybody doesn't want to just change and and do it. But then, you know, yeah, you, just, you know, people are individuals, and they just say, "Hey, you know what? It isn't going to affect me in my lifetime." Uh, and that- it's like, son of a bitch! I I understand that. I <laughs> understand that before I even told you this. I think people take but te- technology for granted too. So you're fucking. Uh, the native Native Americans had a thing, and my wife buys cleaning products, which is uh, somebody stole it from. You know their belief in the seventh generation is, you know, you're living on this earth right now, and you should take care of it, so that not your kids, not your grandkids, but the seventh generation after you is still benefiting from what you're doing. So I mean, it 
that is that can be pretty deep if you let it sink in you know it, it can be deep but i think <clears throat> i think the the idea that everybody can physically i mean yeah you can make little changes you can recycle and this and that but right. i i think the, i think we it's a it's like a state of mind so if you can accept that right now like we like i've said before we are we're stuck on fossil fuels we are literally addicted to fossil fuels oh yeah absolutely okay, so, worse than crack so worse than any drug you could ever yeah. fucking get is fossil fuels yep. and so but i think the mindset would have to be in order for us to make a difference to that seventh generation down or whatever you know i mean you know they're coming right <laughs> you know yeah, the somebody, seven somebody has to somebody's got to step up one generation has to step up and say we got to be the ones to make a change and it might not be ours it might be two more from us once who knows what the world looks like and it wasn't the one before us or the couple before us because they didn't have the technology to even understand that this was happening but now that we understand we are kind of at the tipping point of this in humanity and in in the history of our earth and and the history of humanity and we're the first ones that I think can realize what we're doing. So being the first ones, yeah, you're going to have tons of people that are yeah, not going to be on board. And well, and you got people that have paid a price both physically and for, you know, for the rights they think they have to Well, people that have paid a price want. in a sense that you know, economically speaking, um people that have spent their whole lives in a certain, you know, trade or you know, my dad worked in the mines and he needs this job and it's a coal so mine, you know. That's what I want to come back to is, you know, how I felt about concrete. And then I wanted to ask you, you know, being in the oil industry, is this something that <clears throat> ever crosses somebody's mind in the oil industry? Yeah, it is. For sure. I'm, gl I'm, I mean, glad, I'm glad that came up. I know you're making a great wage and it's I I'm all for the trades and for people going into the trades and it, being a welder, but being a welder for an oil pipeline and an oil industry then all of a sudden i think that that should cross people's minds so here's and the same thing i did with concrete i, I kept working because i i needed a job at the time here's the, here's the mindset though you have is mom you know i'm just a big uh what do you say a cog in the wheel yeah so i'm a cog in the wheel when, when i'm out there working you know just like i gotta go out of town we gotta we're gonna do some maintenance work on on some systems and um you know here's the way a guy's got to think about it is that that it needs to be done right now yeah this work needs to be done and it needs to be done by the most highly qualified people that we and if can you find. just yeah i guess so if you just say hey i'm against the oil industry i'm not going to work today some other somebody else is gonna, gonna get in there. jump right in yeah so what you do is you take responsibility and you deal with it in your head and you say okay i know that you know everybody knows now it's it's common knowledge that it's like smoking cigarettes. And I literally, know. I still smoke cigarettes. And I have friends that will say, do you know what fucking year it is? Do you know what year? It's 2000, you know, 21. Fuck, man. People Dude. used to smoke inside, man. Yeah, I mean, they'll say, we've known smoking is bad for 60 years. What's your deal? You know, and I'm just like, uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't think about you know, I don't really think about it that That's much when I'm doing with, it. Man, honestly. Yeah, like I'll do with the lung cancer. <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. But really, it's like, damn it. No, I wish I would have quit smoking and and not had to deal with the lung cancer later well, in life. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. I so know. now it's exact so, same thing. So you, 
when, when you we're far enough along it's not like oil's a new thing you know we know that we need it essentially um right now and when when you when the duty calls you got to go weld on a pipeline job there's hundreds and thousands of welders in the country that weld on pipelines but um you get to a point where they're it's so heavily restricted by the government that and that's why it pays so much is because the qualifications have to be so high you know um but here's the thing is you go out there and you say well we're you start to realize how okay so number one it's a really big industry then you start to realize how much oil they move through pipelines right and you're like oh my god they use a lot of oil Mm-hmm. We use a lot of oil. That's just one system. There's hundreds and thousands of them, right, all over the world yeah. that are moving oil. You think about the speed at which we're burning oil right now, right? So you're like, okay. So you, in your head, you're kind of like, there is no fucking way we can replace this much consumption. Yeah. You know. You know what I'm saying? Like it's on a level that you can't even imagine, right? Yeah. Once you're trying to <laughs> see how much is moving, yeah. you can't even picture that side. So then you Let's got some hippie over there. Pockets. You got some hippie over there protesting the pipeline going, you know, you're, you're fucking ruining the world and all this stuff. And you're like, there's no, you're like looking at him going, dude, you drove here in a car. <laughs> well, it's kind of like that because you can't help but think that way because you're like, do you realize how much product they're moving in these pipelines right now on oil trains yeah but also it doesn't help for that guy to just go yeah so i mean it takes the people in those industries i guess to 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 change their minds a little bit and at some point it's going to take somebody saying i don't care if i lose money at some point at some point it's going to take somebody saying i my my company will fold for this and that's what I'm going to have to deal with. Or, so, or, or, you know, I mean, maybe it will take somebody folding it for them by regulation or taxes or whatever. Well, and we can't, you but know, this, this country, you know, and that's where the problem is, wherein lies is we can't regulate a company and force them to, to, to fold on the, the, on the demands of a government unless the people want it. But here's, here's the thing. Like, and I've said it before and we've had this conversation before. I, mark my word, within the next 10 years, there's going to be technology. There is going to be technology that that essentially is going to start to negate, I think, fossil fuels. Uh, yeah, See, the thing I mean, is, I think people know, oil- I think, think that people understand, even the people that are still making the money off the fossil fuels, I, I think they're understand what, yeah, they have to be. They have to be, it's literally like, the okay. They have to figure out how to make their money in it before it can switch. You know, it'd be kind of sweet. You know, everybody in the country. The marijuana industry, dude. The federal government had to figure out how to make their money in it before they're going to make it. Do you want to know what I think the United States of America needs right now? Honestly. Mm. And this may sound kind of hippie ish of me to say this. I don't know. Maybe like a new show with Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> so everybody's kind of just like fighting and protesting and throwing Molotov cocktails and glass breaking and guns going off, right? And all of a sudden, you know, this big oil company comes out and unveils some sort of just crazy tech. Like I'm talking Tesla, or, you know, not the fucking new Tesla, the old Tesla. I'm talking fucking Henry Ford. I'm talking fucking. So what, comes Columbus, up with some technology that where what? everybody just stops what they're doing and goes, holy shit! Yeah, but what's it going to be on? It's, Is it going to be, be a- some form of 
creating energy for fucking burning fossil fuels way faster so that they can <laughs> their stocks no, go up dude. And <laughs> some way shape or form of doing of of yeah fucking you know what i'm saying like so yeah elect- we should get it's gonna, it's gonna be a cross between electromagnetic and hydrogen guarantee you hydrogen water yes hmm. guarantee you magnetic so, so like okay, when the combustion tell, engine came out people tell me tell me this first of all so yeah, I, I like that. I like that. We're gonna come up with a whole new technology. You know, we've got like nanotechnology. We've got nuclear you know? and coal and oil and wind, but like people are smarter. Like we said on one of the earlier episodes, we we're talking about particle colliders in Switzerland. Like people are smarter than we think. Smarter than yeah, for sure than me and Levi think, and and probably than uh, you know most of our listeners think. But uh, and especially when they get together, but. So hydrogen, shit. What were you saying? Hydrogen, oh, hydrogen and electromagnetic, something to do with oh, that. Oh yeah. So the, so there the military a, has a fucking gun now. What is that thing? It's a rail gun. Shoot, oh, a rail gun. And it uses and it, a. Okay. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard of a rail gun, this is some fucking technology for you, Levi. Would you tell us about this thing? Well, it uses electromagnetic uh, pulse charge essentially. And it's a, essentially as long as you have the nuclear, um, elect, so the new aircraft carriers and ships and stuff are all, um, you know, powered by nuclear power. You know, oh, right? Yeah, no, I didn't know they're so they're all they're, they all have nuclear reactors in them. So right? at least our military's on a nuclear. Yeah, so they literally can be at sea for a hundred years because that's how long that reactor's good for. No shit. Yeah, and they have that's their own and they neat. have their own water plants on them ships too. That's pretty neat. Well, they should. They should have had that. Yeah. That so filters anyways, water. So anyways, you know, they pretty much, I'm not saying they have endless. They're elect- self-sustaining damn near. But if they, they have could enough, grow a fucking garden, so they've got, they'd be set. They've got these guns that uh, essentially they shoot a rail. Which <laughs> a, a rail is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's like particles of. It's like, it's invisible. It's fucking it. It's like something from Transformers. <laughs> no, I. I mean, it is. People don't understand. I don't understand it. I've watched a video of it. You can watch videos of them shooting these rail guns, and they're fucking amazing. I'll use lots of F words to describe this thing. It is awesome. For what? Nothing besides destruction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you could capture that energy. Yeah. yeah. Because they're shooting these guns, and, and I think, I mean, I don't know how big the gun is, if it's 30 feet long, but they the guns can't hold themselves together. They can shoot it like a dozen times before the whole thing is just yeah, it's toast fell apart Cause, because it's the concussion so crazy. Yeah, but um, so if if they can do that, you so know, can you explain it? Do you know much? I mean, um, it's like they build really. up. They like as far as I understand, they build up a magnetic charge until. Shit you hits know, the fan. Until they got a piece so bad, they're just running around <laughs> like, I can't hold it. I can't hold it. And then bang. Boof. And it shoots nothing. It shoots it shoots electromagnetic particles through space yeah, and air and will just destroy whatever so whatever that that magnetic power hits. I think that's why I So it's shooting nothing. I no think, projectiles. I think things like that are why I say that. There's I think potential for other technologies that are going to be groundbreaking. If you think about even just something so as simple this is, as this phone in my hand. This is the question. How come we aren't already using those technologies when they have already been invented? I think it's I think it's the people that control 
Big oil. I think it's the people that are inventing it that honestly are keeping it to themselves and don't want to make worth money so on much it? money. The thing of it is, if they, if they, it is literally Star Trek or Star Wars fucking no, technology, I, like shooting nothing at anything. <laughs> well, here's another thing we don't really know the truth on as well. Yeah. What's this? Um, kind of off, off the topic of technology. I'm going to go back about a hundred years, but we really don't know how much oil's in the earth either. We don't know. They well, really how don't could you? know. They just say that. They just say, we hit this reserve and yeah. it's good for 50 years. They, they don't They're know. Like, well, Honestly, the earth could be making oil just as fast as we're consuming it. Yeah, but if it does, we're going to burn it up and the whole sky is going to look like the VFW did LA. in 1988. You, you know, you gonna it's say, just going to be a haze. I thought you were going to say L.A. L.A., yeah. It's going to look like I-5 over maybe L.A. Maybe L.A. when afternoon. Snake Bliskin was trying to escape or something. Well, you know how L.A. looked just terrible on the... I haven't the watched the news. smog. No. Yeah, the smog's smog's yeah. bad. I've been there, but yeah, it sucks. And imagine ten times that in Minnesota, you wouldn't love it. I wouldn't love it. Yeah, but the jet stream pushes it all out. <laughs> the jet stream <laughs> keeps it sitting in California. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck no, we talked about worried. it with the smoke. You know, last last summer, and my wife didn't believe that. You know, the smoke in Minnesota was from the California wildfires, and it's like, yeah, I mean, we're. I, we are one earth and we affect each other all the time in all sorts of different ways. And, and yeah, I don't, like I said on our first episode, I don't have all the answers, but a couple months I, ago I was listening to a podcast and, and also global warming. It doesn't take one guy sitting in the woods, not using any electricity. Isn't going to solve it. It's going to, I mean, obviously we need to keep technology and you got to think about it this way. Everybody's got to do a little. For, humans have been on Earth for a long time, and we talk about, uh, you know, the glacial periods. Um, you know, what I want to know is where's their data from when we had our glacial periods? Where's their data? I want to know what, the, you know, there's a lot of data that, I, that I'm like, well, okay, where's the data from when the glaciers melted? I and know. How and hot that, did it get? And then you have to question who posted the data and who did they ask and how did they find out? So uh, there's a lot of sh stuff to I mean, sort yeah. through. You could go all the way down the rabbit hole on any single fact of uh, of the matter and wonder who and where and what and maybe spend your whole life trying to figure out that one question. But, but, but we're going to take we're going to take all the people that spent their whole lives trying to answer one question and put all their all their information together and then we can get a picture Here, of what's going on in the earth. Here's the problem that I have with with environmentalists though is environmentalists that, that have a pre-existing theory before they even find facts. So they already pass their judgment. They already say, you know, they already go somewhere and say, yep, it's global warming. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's passing their judgment. I, I, in my brain, that is a, global warming is understood that it is happening, like at an accelerated rate. So what, but I mean, environmentalists are, they're saying that because all the scientists that that we hire at agencies that need scientists to do science like Here's tell the us thing. that and Here's then the then we hire them and uh, as a culture and put them in these positions and then they tell us what they found out and we say yeah but were you was it credible and you're like well fuck well, i'm the smartest guy in my field you know here's here's where you got to sort through the shit though is you get a scientist that says um okay 
what if, just say, what if a scientist found evidence that the, that the Earth was doing something that was completely natural right now? Yeah, then they should say that. How many scientists do you think would be the fuck out of a job right now if that was the case? Yeah, but they're not, they're not, <laughs> I mean, these people, like, science is not, the people that have dedicated their lives to science. Yeah, but if they, if we didn't pay them, would they still dedicate their lives? Yeah, to I believe so, that they are in an industry that the majority of those people are willing I'm, I'm to do that. Scientists should, you know what I mean? Are them. willing to do that because it's what they love. They're not doing that for the money. I mean, I'm sure the money's great in some fields, but in some, I'm sure it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure in some it isn't. I mean, it is literally the guy. So we'll go back to me pouring concrete, and we're in remote northern Minnesota, and we would go from farmstead here to farmstead there. It was really neat. I went up uh, probably 30 miles northwest of town here, right by the border, and met an old man. He's 70-something years old, but he has written down for 50-something years, three times a day, the weather. Everything about it. So that's the guy. You know, that's the guy getting paid absolutely nothing, and he sends his information in to the National Weather Service, and so I guess you don't technically know if he's making shit up, but the National Weather Service doesn't have anybody else from well, the I mean, I upper Midwest I that has kept shit up. that has kept that has kept records for fifty years. So they believe this man, but because why? Why would he do every fucking day different so that some lobbyist can make some money? Like he doesn't give a fuck. He's some farmer way up here, right? So I guess when I said that. When you have, I'm gonna back up a little bit. Okay, let's let's look let's look at through the through the eyes of a of a, a scientist, a geologist, or whatever. Yeah, whatever field the earth, they're in. Yeah, earth, I mean, a scientist features, is pretty right? vague, but yeah, yeah, that studies earth features. You know, he's been to college more than likely. Yeah, he's been trained by somebody that believes in the theory of global warming, or maybe not. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're trying to prove it wrong, but they can't. Um. There might be a lot of... I'm not assuming that he is, but there's a pretty good chance that yeah, yeah, there's yeah. always a predetermined narrative yeah, that, that you want to find, yeah. right? Yeah. So so when you when you have... when you So, okay, I'm going to go take this one step further. Why, why as, a, as, a, as a researcher, you know, you go into this saying, yep, there's something wrong with the earth. There's something wrong with the earth. I know there's something wrong with the earth when I'm going into this. Instead... You know, I feel like they're going into it saying there's something wrong with the earth and we're going to find out what it is. What they should be saying is let's find some irregularities in, in our data and that they have done. Okay. So they've found some irre- irregularities. Okay. They have mm-hmm. irregularities since the 1950s, according to this chart. Right. So, but my question still is what is the earth supposed to be doing? Well, I think they're just saying it hasn't been this extreme. They can look. You know, like whatever this graph is at the beginning of this on this NASA website, you know, it says for millennia, which. okay, so they go from, you know, they show our carbon emission levels from year zero to year 1950. So they don't have even from 1950 on on this. That's 70, 71 years now. But the increase rate from 1950, oh yeah, from 1950, or 
from zero to 1950 to the current level. Yeah, they do have it all. Yeah, so they're at. Um, but they can go back. So I don't like I said before. I don't know how they do the dating and whatever, but nothing went over this. You know, 300 parts per million of carbon dioxide. Do you know, do you know what? What that number uh, there's is? So many, there's so much questionable. So stuff it's just here. saying parts per million in our ant. So it, we're looking at. Um, we're going from 410 parts per million at where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And we were at, um, before 1950, we were at... Th- right little, about 300. Under, yeah, 300. You know, do you know what parts per million is? 300 parts per million parts. Molecules. Yeah. That's, if in perspective... Yeah, but you say that's insignificant. What would be significant? Like half? I would say like okay, um, like if we went from three hundred to six hundred uh, carbon dioxide parts per million. No, you know, I'm talking one hundred million parts per million. Or one hundred million parts sorry. per million. I'm sorry, um, a hundred thousand parts per million. So what's that? Ten percent? Yeah, dude. I mean, that seems like a lot of fucking. If you had to breathe, so and, and what, okay, so ten percent carbon dioxide all the time. Right. So I want to see. What I want to see is where they pulled this data from. And what I would also like to see is when this data was pulled out of these core samples, I would like to see what time does to these samples, i.e. UV rays, oxygen, different. You know, I want to see how this data can be skewed. You know, is there a study that shows us if there's a margin of error in these in the, in the older... Now we're getting pretty in depth right now for yeah, our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for our listeners, yeah. I mean... At, so yeah, just so they go back from a hundred thousand years ago to two, three, four, up to eight hundred thousand years years ago, and you know it's. I'm not saying the carbon, it's not a this, thing. The carbon slowly thing. creeps up. You know, it creeps up from eight hundred thousand years ago. They have it at two hundred and sixty parts per million. So then, for seven hundred thousand years, eight hundred thousand years, it stayed below three hundred. It, it spiked, it hit 300 once, or around 325,000 years ago. I think those are ice ages, what we're looking at there. You don't know what we're looking at, so I speculation doesn't matter. It's just, it's literally talking about the carbon dioxide Dude, we're levels. fixing to get an ice age here is what it looks like to me. <laughs> <laughs> we're fixing to get a dang ice age here right here. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, Levi... Try to smoke his fucking chew tonight, and <laughs> CBD laced skull yeah, apple. Yeah, yeah. stuck a beer in his CBD. ass and did a handstand to get drunk. I don't know, fuck. So anyway, I don't know what's going on in your brain, but anyway, it spiked majorly in the last few years. I just, yeah, it's the same thing. It's this argument right now. I'm not even of, mad. Of like, I understand there can be an argument for either side, but why? Why do people choose? Why do people choose the argument for no global warming? You know, whether, whether it's for industry or for money or for this or for that, you know. I'm going to pull them back on you. Yeah. Remember when you showed me that book a couple episodes ago about how they can skew data? Yeah, lying about statistics. This is the same shit. Global warming is I'm a- gonna, So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you that it's a thing. Okay, I'll cut you a deal. Well, you can't, you can't deny that it's a thing because you can look at fucking numbers throughout time and see that it's a thing so i I, if you look at numbers if you believe 
thermometers. So here's my if, consensus. If thermometers tell you the fucking truth. Here's my consensus. You know, can you look at one of those red lines and go, I don't know if this thing's fucking with me right now or if it's telling me the truth right now, but um, who made I'm this thermometer? Um, who made this thermometer and what was their fucking radical agenda? What? <laughs> you know, like, okay. God. So what, what I'm saying is it more than likely because of our use of fossil fuels, our yeah. carbon dioxide parts per million has come up. Yeah. Politically speaking, in this country, I think, knowing what I know about essentially what we've tried to do to reduce, I think we're on our way to reduction. I don't think that we as a country should be essentially economically or security speaking should be penalized when there's other countries right now that we're you know china's like the worst i know but you you, um forever forever you can't just say well they get to do it so i get to do it that just doesn't happen i I, mean you tell kids well you don't get to do it because you're not billy okay because your dad tells you different i say we reduce at a reasonable rate and at the same time use our resources that we gain off of fossil fuels towards what i've always said putting it towards technology for and when we get that technology then we'll be the king. King, what do you call it? King yeah, shit, a third mountain? Yeah, I mean, it depends on who gets the technology and what they want to use it for. We can't just drop they off won't. what we're doing. No, but we can We can accelerate how quick we're, how quick we're slowing it down. And, I think and, and maybe we don't have all the answers. Like I said, maybe the wind turbines aren't the answer. Maybe it's some other technology, some uh, nuclear or hydrogen or whatever you said. But, but we need to, we need people, we need people to understand that the argument of it isn't happening, oil can't do it, or fossil fuels aren't doing it, or we're not doing it to be done, and and yeah, to to look into those those potential things yeah. in the future, and it's not it's not like if you fucking invest in those new technologies that jobs aren't going to be created and high I'm paying and on high paying you. jobs, you know that. You know, your your grandkids will laugh and say, my grandpa welded pipelines together. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Hope, and I they'll just the be case. like, but, you know, I can't always, believe that. You know, with this new technology, this new... Uh, Can you believe that they used to send oil all the way from Alaska all the way to Florida? In a, yeah. You know what I and mean? You know what's like funny? in trucks you, you, and in a pipe? It's funny about that is <laughs> they'll probably be shipping whatever you know electricity or whatever by a fucking what's a light rail or, or what do we say just well, rail gun wow. shoot that shit down to florida well they, they might be shipping you know all a pipeline is is a conduit to transport energy is all it is so the, you look in a, in a shop you know he's got conduit running to the lights and shit it's the same concept you know it's a conduit um mm-hmm. you know and you know and long and short of it I think that uh, the need to transport energy materials or energy resources through a pipeline or via power line or whatever is going to be around for a really long time. It may not be crude oil. It could one day it might be just oxygen. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I they, think they they have built oxygen pipelines down in the in the southern states um, for certain plants that, uh, that manufacture. They actually yeah. ship oxygen through a ten inch pipeline. You know, oh, sure, any pure oxygen. Yeah, um, somebody's got to fill them tanks to get. Well, whatever they're doing, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but breathing it, <laughs> sitting in that plant, just huffing, huffing, huffing. Dude, isn't a hundred percent oxygen? You can get like 
I don't a know. Wreck. You can I'm, get wrecked on it, you know. You probably die. I no. don't know. You get like high. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, we should get some oxygen. Yeah. So <laughs> off that subject now, um, what else was there that you had written on your notepad? Oh, what did I have written on my notepad? Let's see. What does politics have to do with keeping our earth clean and healthy? Everything. Because... Um, yeah, I mean, they're wrapped in every every industry. So, I mean, I just... We've already talked about it. It just shouldn't be. You know, it should... The, <laughs> politics just... Politics just rules this world. Because... And... and, and <laughs> And that's just the way it is, and that's because we don't elect the right officials, and people don't. Yeah, I mean that, that's because all up to politics. Because living, we got in the system set up to to make changes if we put the people in those spots to do it. Let for me us. let me tell you something, Brats, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Living in a civilized society has also has penalties. For yeah, for anything. I mean, because I, because you can't. There's what I like I said before. There's small tribes within our within the United States within a civil society and you can't essentially you can't get everybody to agree with you and that's the that's the downside to living in a civil society is that you have to take the good with the bad and the bad with the good you know and unless we essentially turn into a total totalitarian government or a um, dictatorship to where we elect a guy that says, I'm going to make everybody quit driving their cars. It's going to be total and utter chaos. And, um, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't, that's not a reasonable thing. I mean, they wouldn't be able to do that right away. Or, or I mean, there would have to be some sort of technology to transfer everybody to where they needed to go to eliminate cars. But we can push for it. So, like, I mean, the greater rewards take the greater risks. So maybe, you know, the nuclear power plants. Maybe they've scared people in the past. Maybe it's old technology that was, maybe it was really modern in the, you know, 50s so, or in the 80s or in the 90s. But I think, I think and, my, the way I would go at this if I was in government, you know, say I was an elected official in Congress or <laughs> I was a president or whatever, I'd say, oh, here's the deal. Nobody's ever came ahead with a comprehensive small step plan. They always got these big, really, really, ideas that sound just great on paper right but i feel like they seem big because maybe the companies look at the numbers but in the in in the general scheme of the world are they big or is it just one little guy that owns Dude, one company in get, one country they can't even get paper you know what mills. i mean i'll put it to you this way they can't even get paper mills you can't even we can't even get the biomass industry in the right direction right now you can't even get paper mills to stop pumping their shit into rivers. <laughs> you know what I'm you know? saying? I mean, start on a small local level. So that that's Why what I mean. That's what it takes. Some money to the states and have the states divvy it out. Yeah, but it takes it takes instead of OKOC takes literally sitting like, over there proposing the Green New Deal. It takes like, hemp getting pushed. It takes uh, but it takes hemp people getting saying pushed, they're going to grow it. it takes but people, hemp getting pushed is going to is going to not push other industries out of the way. It literally right. is. So I mean, you can't. Like you can change, but it's gonna take money out of somebody else's pocket, and and at this moment they're still hanging on to control. So you being the guy that wants to money to get pumped into hemp, you're literally fighting both industries you work in, kind of. No, not not because hemp could get burned for biomass and make energy. And I yeah, mean, but that's not. I don't think 
You're I don't kind think of I'd on be both re- sides. You're kind I don't of think I'd that. be replacing fossil fuels. I think um, I think it's the inner me is maybe trying to replace, you know, trying to cut down and get get, the, car- get the carbon. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Emission? Carbon em- carbon neutral. Well, the carbon exchange back to where it's at a, a sustainable level. I'm all for that. I think everybody should be all for that. Um, you know, loggers probably don't like that language. It's so hard to be carbon neutral. I think you have to literally plant six trees or seven trees a year per person right now to be like carbon neutral. Which well, what's crazy though is 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 you know, even just growing grass or you know growing CRP or whatever, you know, actually promotes carbon capture. You know, yeah, of course. And any plant that's growing is sucking carbon out of the air and and transforming it into what it needs, but. You know, what about the plants that were there doing it fine type of thing, and then every year get stirred up and the carbon goes in the air, and then you stir it up again and well, the carbon goes up. So there's other, there's could, other, when, they, they are putting money yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, when there could be something sitting there literally only sucking carbon instead of doing both. Another yeah, thing, I mean, another thing I, they're doing right now, too, is the farming practices have changed. So like I looked you said at that no chart. till you did. Yeah, so I looked at that chart, um, 1950s, you know, they plowed up the whole. Midwest with plows. That's when the Dust Bowl came from and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, in the 1920s, back then farming practices were pretty radical, not radical, but they're pretty, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, cowboy. I don't know. They didn't uh, care. They, there was they, no regulation probably. Yeah, I mean, they were just, they they're, didn't. They were learning. They were, and they, they didn't know. You know, they didn't know. So, I mean, and then you got to think that that isn't really that long ago. You know, we're still learning that we shouldn't ditch this much or you shouldn't do this or now you say the no-till because you're saving fuel and you're saving you don't you, need you to try, you don't need to work the ground up you can just go right over because there's nothing there and you can just plant right Yep. yeah if if the situation allows yeah. you know if, if the conditions allow yeah. i mean there is times when you know i've learned i've learned or the, the ground's way. too hard and you can't do it or yeah, something i've learned or? the hard way um no-till isn't for those of you that don't know anything about farming no-till is when you would do zero cultivation you just uh, slice the ground open and put a seed in um in some situations it sounds really good on paper especially if you live in down in iowa and warmer climates where the yeah. soil warms up really good um up here i've learned you know it can be done up here i have friends that do it and they're very successful at it yeah but um you it takes a long road to get there because it's a combination of soil fertility you know making amendments to your soil and Everything's got to kind of jive. You got to know that you've worked your soil to that point. Yeah, you know, you're, a lot of it's got to do with fertility and uh, soil balance, the pH balance, and and all that stuff. So you know, f- there's a lot more to it, and you know, I think there's there is initiatives too with FSA and other um, organizations that are trying to promote this stuff. But they're not just going to hand money to people either and say, here, here's a here's a hundred thousand dollars, go be no till. Yeah. You know, like they're. they're it's just, it's just a slowly evolving thing, and I, I truly believe we are doing something about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I, I just, my, my whole, my whole thing today was, you know, about just people and their egos and their, you know, I'm right because it's the logical, only logical conclusion to this question, and and funny how m- most everybody thinks that that themselves yeah you know? and, but you got to find the fine balance when you're living in a civilized society you have to find the fine balance of penalizing people for 
for essentially living in that civilized society. So what you like I said before, you don't want to dive yourself into a economic spi- you know tailspin trying to achieve something that takes a hundred years to achieve. Yeah, but maybe we, you know maybe we put ourselves in a position where, hey, we realize that this is the way it's got to go, and, and you know we as a country really know we need to do it, but we really don't know how financially because we're so dependent on these industries for our place in the world. So, you know, even though they do know better or we as a people already, yeah, you know, we kind of care more about our economy or, or, you know, well, we have to care about our economy because we can't care about our economy more than the earth. I disagree with you. We have to, because it takes an economy to feed people, to clothe people, to move them around. It takes an earth for them to fucking live on, to be people. I understand that. I think what we're <laughs> fighting about here is what comes first, the chicken or the egg. you got to remember, humans belong on this earth too. We will make it. We will survive. I, I mean, I don't I don't think so. I think a, uh, I think an asteroid can come at any time or whatever, and then, then the Bible's right. And the, NASA and knows your, what's uh, up. And you're... Uh, what, what's it called when Jesus comes back? The not second Armageddon. coming, man. It's not Armageddon. That's a movie with this, Tommy, it, G. Lo- Tommy yeah, Lee Jones. it's called Armageddon. No, it's It's the battle not. of good versus evil, I believe. Armageddon is. Mm. It's between the devil and the... And the, uh, the um, Revelation. The, the second yeah. coming. Or, yeah, it'd be like... No, uh, but before the second... It's not Armageddon. Dude, before the second... The rapture. Yeah, it's so, called the rapture. So before the second coming... Okay, so listen to me. The earth could be fucking done, man. An asteroid would end us again people would be gone just like happened to the dinosaurs like and and the earth will be here it'll fucking move on and and another another whole species of humans will probably pop up over 300,000 years or something in my eyes but we're here (laughs) yeah we're here right now and the earth matters more I guess in my eyes than than the people on the earth but here's another thing I I value the earth more than I value the people the earth is so here's my theory. The earth has been around a hell of a lot longer than humanity. Yeah. I mean, it will literally, there, there's a commercial like that on, uh, I don't know if it's discovery. And it just said, it's just saying that it's just saying mother nature's been here. Mother nature will wipe us out. If we, I was going to say, it, it, and, and mother nature will come back and be mother nature again. You just won't be able to realize it. You'll be gone. But you might have brought it on yourself. Well, it'll heal itself. And, you know, with humanity comes, uh, you know, and that's. So, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the movie The Happening. It's an old movie. Not old. I mean, early 2000s. M. Night Shyamalan directed it. A shitty director. But it's just a good idea. It's It was an interesting a crappy idea. movie <clears throat> with Mark Wahlberg. But, yeah, a, an interesting idea. Is that and when they just, shoot each other? No, but it's similar. It's plants. It's like trees. Like humans are polluting the earth yeah, so bad dude. that trees re- release like a, a, a pheromone or a pollen or something. You don't know what it is. And people start it's killing each other, right? The happening. They just start killing themselves. They're just, you know, uh, the plants finally figured out. You think that was a shitty movie? I think it was a shitty movie with a great idea behind it. Why do you it. think it was shitty? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I just don't think that the... I mean, I think that they tried to draw too much out on one idea. I think they could have just, like, told us the idea. <laughs> like, instead of Mark Wahlberg... I run, forgot They had about to, like, run movie. away. Except if they ran away from the cities and got closer to the woods or something, it, they died more, and 
I, I don't, Maybe they. I don't know how a, he finally. You think it was like lived, a little bit too elaborate, or lived like, through the end, or what? But no, I just didn't think it was. I just didn't think the acting or and the direction was up to par. What do you I'm think about kind uh, of a movie critic? Dude. What do you I'm think like about other Mark, Mark Wahlberg movies? I don't think Mark Wahlberg has a ton of sweet movies, but he he's kind of sold out for quite a few military ones. What about the um uh, and things like that? What about the other guys? The other guys, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. What's he the always other plays this about? angry guy from Boston, man. That's like his number one role. Yeah. Like Mock. Yeah, you know? that's where he's from, right? Yeah, Mock Wahlberg. Marky what is it, Mark Wahlberg? Marky Mark. Yeah. Um, in the Funky Bunch. I like him in The Gambler. I the like other guys is different... him and Will Ferrell and their cops. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, the, and he's like, yeah, and the yeah. guys had like, uh, the gay guys had sex in his car and stuff in that little Prius or whatever. I, have, I haven't seen it. No, I don't know this movie. I mean, I, I, I know the movie. I just haven't seen so, it. Yeah, it's Old River Band. Yeah, I think it's on like TNT. It's one of those ones that if you're flipping through the channels, you're just like, nope. I nope. dude, that's where my wife and I don't too get crappy. along. Too it's crappy. Too crappy. It's Will Ferrell. My daughter and I love his movies. Some people absolutely hate that son of a bitch. Yeah, he's uh, he's over the top for you, I'm sure. I loved him for many years, but uh, you know, maybe after age 25, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm sick of the. I same. just like his sarcasm. I'm sick of the same. I get. I, I don't know if those actors love being in those same roles all the time or if they just decide that, hey, I can still make some money, so I don't care. I, I like the ones that I like we got from Rosal, Garrett Hedlund. He picks his roles. He doesn't do a movie every year. I mean, he doesn't do them all the time, but he has put together. He's pretty, he's the real deal, ain't he? I think he's, he's like a Brad to, Pitt. Uh, he's not a Brad Pitt, but, uh, you know, he's, may, maybe he hasn't had the choices for his roles, but I think he's picked, he's picked, uh, Good role, so yeah. Uh, with actors, sometimes I get disappointed. What was like you said, Mark Wahlberg's always the Boston accent, and yeah. you know, I like Will him. Farrell, Will Ferrell's obviously made a career off one thing and, and just being funny, but I, I like some. Jim Carrey did a few serious roles, and that was kind of good. I was a fan of that, and also Adam Sandler. He did a couple serious roles, and he was pretty did good. Did he really? Yeah, Rain Over Me is a really great movie. It's about it's Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is a good actor. And Don Cheadle and Adam Sandler is like was this was Don Cheadle's college roommate who he hasn't seen for many years. He bumps into him on the street and his like best friend doesn't even recognize him. But Adam Sandler has went through his family dying in nine eleven. Oh. And so he's like I gotta watch that one, dude. Yeah, Did this like, just come pre- out? Yeah, he's like, No, it's it would have been recent after nine eleven, but yeah, you know, he's kind of living in a different reality, and he has to, like, say, like, what? You were my college roommate? Because oh, so he's that lost in the sauce that he's... He, he's lost because he just doesn't know what to do, and so, yeah, it's about... What's the a, name of the movie? Rain Over Me. Okay. Yeah, it's a great one. It's just about an f- old friend uh, reconnecting with another one, and, you know, he hasn't he didn't realize all this shit happened to his buddy, and, yeah, they uh, they come back they come back together, so... Yeah, we have went from oil... To facts, to uh, <laughs> we got a to, new listener. To, I just got a text message. Uh, yeah, I didn't even read it. I can't. Says we got to have a call to, in line like Howard Stern, Howard Stern style. Oh yeah, but we're not gosh. live, you know. Yeah, we don't have live. We're not. We're not quite Howard Stern level yet, and I don't know if we're trying to have call-ins like Howard Stern either. Really, you know. But uh, the call-in we'll last see. week, did you? You got that? I don't um, listen to call Howard Stern. All I know is, you know, he has girls do, you know. Pretty much, what do they call it? Shock jock. 
Like, shock I jack. I don't know. Howard Stern's Howard Stern's Howard Stern. Oh, yeah. He, there's only one, dude. There's only one. I got into him for a little bit. When you're driving down the road, you're bored. Back when I had the Sirius Satellite Radio, I don't even use that anymore. But when I had it, I, I would listen to it because yeah. it was it kept me entertained enough oh, yeah. to he's listen to it. For sure. Yeah, he's entertained. And he, actually, he's a pretty cool... He sounds like a cool dude. Like. He, He's really know. good to listen to. He's excellent on the radio. I just don't know if we're going to have girls riding Sabians in our <laughs> studio here. So That ain't really up our alley. We're you more know, of a... Um, not quite. This is more of an NPR-style uh, talk yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> this is Bob Ross. Thanks for everybody listening tonight. Why is NPR like that, dude? N or M, both of them. NPR, yeah. I don't this know. Is they NPR just... news tonight. I... The Iron Range voted on a because they you want know... you to be calm when you listen to it. It's nice when you're on your drive yeah. instead of listening to. I don't know what fuck us. No, this is yeah. great. Tonight, four protesters broke into Governor Walz's mansion and smashed the windows out, and had gay sex in the hallways. Back to you, Mitch. <laughs> That was not Levi's face on the video. <laughs> I don't know. So anyways. He was too dumb not to wear a mask when he broke in. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking masks, man. We're not going to go on <laughs> yeah. that shit, man. We're not going on the rant and rave of the mask. We're going to wrap it up for uh, January 11th. Hope we gave you guys some something interesting to think about out there and it was still more of an npr style uh podcast on this go around yeah we went back to you know talking about realistic things in this world rather than just uh you know maybe hypothetical situation hypothetical shit and if we're going winter camping yet or what but yeah global warming and and oh why do people think that it isn't true and and why do people always think that they're the only ones that can come to the logical decision you know put yourself in other people's shoes that's that's what we ask and uh be peaceful to one another brat yo i just want to say one thing what do you close i like the lights off actually more yeah we'll keep the lights off in here i mean we're not sitting in pitch dark but no it's better it's more of a joe roganish style i don't know about joe rogan we got our own ambiance here it is too we got Um, our own ambiance i guess what i'm saying is with the light the fluorescent lights um that were have been on in the past kind of give it a more of a classroom uh um <laughs> you know like maybe fucking, we'll take a picture one day and we'll get a we'll get a social media site or something so people can see where we're sitting but i'm not gonna work on that this i like week. the lights turned down low we'll see levi likes the lights down low yeah, don't get that's all, what you need to know <laughs> get all weird on me yeah all right everybody be peaceful to one another we'll be back with you next week <laughs>